0: Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of So I Got My BFA. I told you guys I was going to try a new inflection on that every time I, I did this, but um, I don't really know if it's working, so maybe I should just go back to the original one. You know, it's fun. It's, it's a nice acting exercise. Like, say it a different way every time. Hi, guys. My name is Kelsey, and this is a podcast where I talk about all of the things that I feel qualified to talk about because I have my BFA in musical theater. Before I get into it, I just want to say thank you so much for listening and to make sure to leave me a rating or a review if you're listening on Apple Podcast, And if you are listening on Spotify, go ahead and give me a download. That really helps me out and it helps me to connect with you guys. So with that said, let's get right into the podcast. I'm just talking, babbling. This is what you came here for, isn't it? Guys, welcome back. Or I don't even know if welcome back is the right... I guess we're welcoming me back, right? I've been gone for two weeks. Well, I haven't really been gone. I've still been here. I just, um, I took a break from the podcast last week because I was coming back to New York. So I was in like a a transition process where I was coming back to New York and it it was just like a lot. So I decided to um, take a break from the the podcast, but we are back and we are thriving and we are better than ever, I hope. (laughs) I don't know, but we have a lot to catch up on, I feel like. It's been two weeks. Lots of things have happened. So yeah, I am back in New York, here to hit the ground running, basically trying to get a survival job while I'm here, um, before theater opens back up and I can start trying to, you know, pursue the career I actually want to pursue. (laughs) Um, It's all great. It's great. Within these past two weeks, guys, I have to give a big old shout out to my mother. Her birthday was last Friday, so last week. It's the big... it's, It's a pretty big one. She turned... Fifty guys well as as she likes to say she's 25 with 25 years of experience happy belated birthday mother I told you happy birthday on your actual birthday so like from the podcast it's a happy belated birthday but don't worry everyone I'm a good daughter I said happy birthday to my mother on the day she actually texted me when I didn't have a podcast last week because the podcast would have come out on her birthday and she was like I'm kind of upset that there was no uh, podcast to tribute my birthday and I was like I'm so sorry mom I just had you know like a lot of things going on. <laughs> happy birthday mom. Um happy belated. This episode is dedicated to you because I know you're listening. <laughs> so, thank you for listening and happy 25th birthday from your loving daughter. What else has been happening this week? Guys, I ugh, I have had an issue with TikTok lately. I just keep like staying up super late just watching, you know, a bunch of nonsense, honestly. When I watch TikTok, it doesn't even feel like I'm watching anything. It's just like, I don't know. I just keep scrolling and I can't stop. Does anyone else have that issue? Where are my TikTok users? I know you're out there. I know the people who are listening to this are maybe probably on TikTok. I feel like at this point, who isn't on TikTok? Actually, I know a lot of friends who aren't on TikTok, but to that, I say you should get one. It is like a little hectic because like I find myself obsessed with it, but at the same time, it's like really like, it's just like a great like wind down the day. I don't know. I find TikTok to be like really helpful in some ways. Like there are a lot of like life hacks that I've learned that like actually are real. It's not like just those like videos that you see on Facebook that are life hacks that you should try. I know these are like real things. Like I've started like, living my life based off of things I see on TikTok, it's so ridiculous. But there's a, there's like a tortilla thing where you like cut it and then you make a wrap. And I've been doing that lately with all, and I'm just like, TikTok is running my life and it's actually kind of insane. But what I've been watching too many of are these, there's these videos that are like, things you need from dot, dot, dot. So like things you need from Target, things you need from wherever. And I just keep watching that. And you know, you can't sit here and watch it and be like, no, I don't need those things. Like every time I see a video, I'm like, you're right. I do need that. And it's just like a problem because then I have no money to go and buy it or I go and buy it, and then I have no money in general, right? So, I don't know. That's just, like, been my craze for the week, I guess. I just needed to, to, to vent about it to someone, and you guys are the only people who will listen to me. I'm totally kidding. I have a roommate for that. She just rolls her eyes every time I bring it up. Just kidding, Genevieve. I love you, and I hope you'll come back on the podcast next week. She is out and about right now. She got a job. So congratulations, Genevieve. You're doing better than I am, sweetie. What else has been going on this week? I finished Schitt's Creek. I gotta say... When I first started watching Shits Creek, I wasn't sure I was gonna like it. And let me tell you, by the last episode of season six, I was crying. I literally cried. I'm not gonna like spoil it and I'm not gonna give anything away, but the last episode is very emotional and um I was, you know, pretty emo about it. I didn't really like the way they resolved things for all of the characters. I wish Alexis's character had a a bit more of a, like, a resolution because I felt like she went through so much character development during the show. And I do, like, appreciate the ending that they chose for her, but I wish there was, like, more, like, plot line, I guess, with her character toward the end of the show. Regardless, it was a great show to watch. Next on the watch list is Bridgerton don't even worry about it. I'm already on it. I am so ready to watch it. I've heard nothing but good things and I'm really, really excited. So maybe next week I'll give a review. I don't know. Is it kind of sad that um, every week I'm like, I started a show and then the next week I'm I'm like, I finished the show. Is that sad or is it just like quarantine life? I'm going to say it's just quarantine life, right? it's listen it's not all I do especially right now if I sit down and watch a show like all day I will have like no brain capacity by the next day so don't worry about it guys I do other things I read a lot I've been journaling a lot I'm not going to get into that because it's one of my weekly obsessions so we'll talk about it later but there I have been like finding new and innovative ways to keep myself busy this podcast being one of them so until I have a life again you're stuck with me (laughs) um um, that's pretty much been my two weeks, I suppose. So for Christmas, my, my mother got me and my brother a subscription to this Universal Yums box. Hashtag, I'm not sponsored. But um, I just wanted to talk about it because I got it today. And I'm a like super, super picky eater and I'm afraid that I'm not gonna like any of this, but I think I'm going to create a TikTok series with the boxes that I get. If you wanna follow me on TikTok at KelseyMC137, you can follow my picky eater eats foreign food snacks journey. (laughs) I'm pretty intrigued by them. I opened the first box and was like, I don't think I'm gonna like any of this except for the chocolate, which is like generally, you know, what happens. Let's get into the weekly obsessions, guys. This week, we have three weekly obsessions, and really only one of them has to do with like the world of entertainment. So am I branching out to a new demographic? I don't know. One of the ways I've been keeping myself busy during this quarantine process is I have been learning a new language. Thanks to my good old pal, Jacob. If you're listening, you are probably not, but I love you. He introduced me to this app called Duolingo, which has probably been around for forever and I'm just like ignorant, but I've always wanted to learn French and the timing never really worked out for me to take any classes during school. And in high school, we only could learn Spanish because I came from a very, very tiny high school where education was minimal. It was a a good education. It just like had minimal uh, options available. So I decided to take it upon myself to get this app and learn some French. And I have been actually really been enjoying it. I've kept myself honest. I've been doing it every single day. I'm still only on like the basic one lessons and I'm getting really frustrated because I don't understand the difference between feminine and masculine nouns. I don't understand how an orange can be feminine or masculine, but I'm trying to figure it out. I took four years of Spanish and that's the other issue I had with Spanish was that I was just like, I don't get it. So that's, that's just the one thing. But anyway, check it out. Again, hashtag not sponsored. But if you are looking to learn a new language, it's free. If you want to watch a few ads and the ads aren't long at all, they're like super easy and quick. So check that out. If you're, I think they do like pretty much all of the languages. I don't really know. I saw French at the top. So that's the one I clicked, but I'm pretty sure they do a plethora of different languages to fit whatever you are looking for. Um, so check that out. Another thing that has been keeping me Entertained and sane during quarantine is my second weekly obsession, and that is journaling. I have never really been the gal to like plan things out or keep a journal, or like I guess this is kind of like bullet journaling a little bit, but I've always been like, I've always been that person who's like, Why should I write it out before I do it? Why not just do it? I don't know, just like a step that gets in the way, but I have been actually really enjoying taking the time to like plan things out and organize things it has like made my brain feel nice (laughs) I know that sounds so weird I've just been really enjoying it and it's relaxing and it's also like I have horrible penmanship like literally chicken scratch so I've always been like afraid to like do the whole bullet journaling thing because I can't write in fancy fonts. But like really you figure out what works best for you and you can always do it in pencil first and then go over it and erase the pencil after. That's what I've learned. But yeah, it's just been like a, a nice way to like put my creativity into something that's a little bit different from what I've always done. And then just like journaling, I, I do like a bullet journal where I like keep things organized. And then like I have been journaling just like my thoughts and like things that happen during the day at night as well. And it's just been like nice to write all my thoughts down. I really enjoy writing. Writing has been something that I've always been interested in and that I feel like I've always been pretty good at. So I just really enjoy the whole writing part of it. And yeah, it's just been, it's been a really nice thing to have during quarantine. And also I'll be able to look back on it in five or 10 years and see that I was um, hashtag not thriving (laughs) during quarantine. I am thriving to a certain degree, you know, just not being able to do what what I love. Anyway, remembering the fun memories that came out of quarantine as opposed to looking on the sad ones. So that's my second weekly obsession. And my final weekly obsession, I don't know if it's still up. I don't know if you can still stream it. However, this past week they streamed a concert of um, Sutton Foster and Brian Stokes Mitchell, Christian Chenoweth and Audra McDonald singing from movie musicals at the Hollywood Bowl. And they streamed it on PBS. Um, It was definitely pre-recorded, like pre-COVID, obviously, because there was a huge crowd and no one was wearing masks. And It was like, you can always tell like what's like pre-COVID and what's like post-COVID because of the regulations and restrictions and everything like that. I'm not even sure like when the concert actually happened. It was really nice to see. And honestly, when you are a performer sitting in a world where performance is um, unavailable for you to participate in or view even, it's just really nice to see things like that. And to like, it just gets your hopes up. I mean, my roommate and I have talked about this so many times where like we miss theater. We miss the interaction we miss the the joy of it all we miss what it brings to our lives and just like watching that concert we both got a little bit emotional because it brought a lot of happiness to our day and uh, it was just really exciting to see people who we are inspired by and who we aspire to be just you know performing once again and whether it was pre-recorded or not like we had never seen it and it was in you know a time of like we're sad about theater and uh it just like it just was really amazing i'm not sure if it's still up on pbs could be but it streamed last friday actually the 15th and so if it's still up there check it out if not I bet you can find it on YouTube somewhere or at least snippets of it. I don't really know. Yeah, just like I'm obsessed. I am obsessed. Well, first of all, with all three of those ladies and of course, Brian Stokes Mitchell, who's not obsessed with him. So that concludes my weekly obsessions. Let's get on to the musical of the week. Guys, this week we are paying tribute to a musical gone too soon, a victim of this quarantine. Today we are talking about Mean Girls, as many of you probably already know because I'm pretty sure they announced it 2 weeks ago. Mean Girls is closing on Broadway. It will not be coming back when Broadway comes back. Unfortunately, I don't really know the story behind it all. It's got to have something to do with money, but I'm not I'm not sure. And it's also like what is replacing these shows that are closing? Like Beetlejuice was set to close anyway. It was going to close in June or July, I believe, and be replaced by the Music Man. But like, what is replacing Frozen? What is replacing Mean Girls? Are these theaters just going to be empty for the time being? Because it's not like there's things... I mean, there are musicals probably in development, but not to like come to... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. I thought we should honor this musical and what it has done for the past two, three years. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Was it three years ago? Must have been because I saw it my junior year of college. So maybe that's two years. So I wanted to pay tribute to this musical by talking about it this week. I'm so excited. I have a lot of things to say. I have a lot of opinions, some controversial, some not so much, I guess. I'm really excited to get into this. I actually, I was like doing research on this stuff, thinking about what I was going to say today about the musical. And I was like, wow, I have actually a lot to say about this musical. So let's go ahead and get right into it with the Wikipedia synopsis which is actually the Broadway.com synopsis, because Wikipedia, your game has been off lately. It has just not been up to par. Where are the synopsises? It literally, I think on Wikipedia, it was like Mean Girls, the musical is an adaptation of Mean Girls written by Tina Fey. That's it. Come on, Wikipedia. Let's step it up. Let's step it up. But I'm here to give you the Broadway.com synopsis. So here we go. Katie Heron may have grown up on the African savanna, but nothing prepared her for the wild and vicious ways of her strange new home, suburban Illinois. How will this naive newbie rise to the top of the popularity pecking order? By taking on the plastics, a trio of lionized frenemies led by the charming but ruthless Regina George. But when Katie devises a plan to end Regina's reign, she learns the hard way that you can't cross a queen bee without getting stung. I would say that that is a pretty good trailer for Mean Girls and Musicals, Broadway.com. I wouldn't say that it's so much a synopsis, but I would say that that is definitely what I want to hear when I'm watching the trailer of Mean Girls and Musicals. So I will give it two snaps and uh, we will move right into the musical. Something I wanted to say before we get into the podcast is I wanted to talk about the success of this musical a little bit and how I reacted when I first heard it was a musical, when I first heard the soundtrack. And I also wanna talk about spectacle musicals versus story-driven musicals. So uh, here's a, a, the word, something new on the podcast We're, um Education with Kelsey. First of all, let's talk about what I first thought of when they announced that Mean Girls was gonna be a musical. I will be honest, and I do this quite a lot, um, when I hear about movie adaptations of musicals. There are some where I'm like, oh, that'll really work. That'll be a really good musical. And then there are some that I'm like, I just kind of roll my eyes at because I'm like, they're doing this because of the clout of the movie and it shouldn't be a musical, but like, why can't we have original works and blah, 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 blah. But the Broadway community needs a good balance of original works and adaptations, whether they be from books or movies or whatever. So that's the truth of the matter. But when they first announced Mean Girls as a musical, I was like, oh, just another ploy to bring in the tourists. I don't know how this is going to go. It just like seems silly, but like, whatever, let's see how it goes. It's not like I wasn't willing to give it a shot. Like I was like, I mean, they did it with Heathers, right? They, I mean, they've done it with so many other musicals, but Heathers and Mean Girls are like, what? The same thing. So I was like, and Heathers turned out really, really good. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. But I think it was just because M- Mean Girls is already a spoof off of others and i was like how how much spoofier can you make mean girls so and like the musical version of mean girls has to be spoofy of course because it's a musical and i was like i guess we'll see how this goes and honestly i thought it was a joke when i first heard it i was like they're not making mean girls into a musical and then they did and honestly they did it pretty well but we'll get to that later so next on the line is we get the cast list and of course like the cast is like phenomenal taylor Lautner, barrett wilbur weed kate rockwell Ashley Park, Erica Henningson, all of those. Great, 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 great. And then I heard the soundtrack. And I gotta say, the first time I heard the soundtrack, I was like, what am I listening to? And I think it's because like the very first song, I guess not Cautionary Tale, but like Roar, when you hear like that jungle theme music, when that's like the first thing you hear, you're kind of like, oh no, here we go. This is what, <laughs> this is Mean Girls, the musical. We are in it full on. And then I you know, heard Regina's songs, and I was like, okay, these kind of make up for it, and then you hear Stupid With Love for the first, because, like, I feel like for the first time, like, these are songs where you're, like, you don't really bop to them until you've listened to them for a while, so, like, for the first time, you're like, what, what is this? This is so silly, and then you listen to it again, and you're like, oh, wait, it's, it's kind of good. And then you listen to it again, and you're like, okay, I was wrong. These songs are actually all bops. Because you know that I'm literally jamming 24-7 to Mean Girls the Musical. I will say that it is probably one of the most listened to albums on my Spotify playlist. It is pretty fantastic. Now that there I said it, I mean, of course, there are songs where you're like, no, thanks, next. But then like most of the songs are literally like jams. So um I would like to formally apologize about all of my preconceived notions of this album and the musical in general, because honestly, I had um I had uh, reservations. But I will say I'm a converted fan of Mean Girls the musical now. I think it's fantastic. I think it's great. Are there flaws? Of course, there are flaws with all musicals, but it's good for what it is. And you know what? A lot of movie adaptations are huge flops. On Broadway, and I would not say, even though Mean Girls is closing sooner than we expected, I suppose, it still lasted three years, which a lot of Broadway musicals don't, and a lot of movie adaptations do not last either. So, for what it is, I really enjoy Mean Girls the Musical. I also wanted to talk about spectacle versus uh, story driven shows. So we see a lot of spectacle musicals, right? Which are musicals that are really meant to bring in the tourist and to not really necessarily like move you or make you leave the theater really thinking about something that like impacted you from the musical. So spectacle musicals are more so flashy lights, big set pieces, fancy costumes, and big belty notes. Whereas like story-driven musicals They're smaller scale, and the emphasis is on the story being told, not the flashy technical aspects that are happening around it. So for example, a spectacle musical, one that really pops into my mind is Moulin Rouge, right? So first of all, it's a movie adaptation, and that's going to bring in people. Second of all, it's a jukebox musical, so that's also going to appeal to the uh, ears of audiences who aren't necessarily like strictly musical theater lovers. And also, I mean, when I think of Moulin Rouge, I think the musical, I think of the completely red set and atmosphere that you're walking into and a humongous elephant head that is on the whatever side. I've never, see, this is the thing, I've never even seen Moulin Rouge on Broadway, but I know exactly what I'm expecting when I'm walking into it because you just like, you see it, it's all over. Like when you hear Moulin Rouge, you think of the red and the gold lights and everything. That is a spectacle musical. Whereas something like the band's visit, which won all of the Tonys in twenty eighteen, I believe, is a story strictly a story driven musicals. What's unfortunate is that a lot of the times story driven musicals don't make the big bucks because it's not they're not necessarily bringing in the tourists, which is why even though. The Band's Visit won all of these Tonys in 2018. It closed pretty soon after because it didn't have the draw in, even though it was a fantastic story being told. And we have, I mean, Katrina Link, who is acting her mm mm-mm off. It's just like so, such intriguing storytelling, but like the outside audiences don't hear about that or they don't understand it. And so it doesn't do as well in the box offices. Whereas Mean Girls... Didn't win any Tonys, I don't think. However, it's been running for three years because it is a spectacle tourist musical that people know, that people feel comfortable with. And when they come to New York, they want to see things like Mean Girls or they want to see Wicked or they want to, you know, they want to see these musicals that are in the public eye deemed as worth seeing or deemed as something that you can't leave New York without seeing. Anyway, that's um my lessons with Kelsey for the day. Broadway MT musical theater from my F- BFA training. So that was like a big side note to say that Mean Girls is a spectacle musical. You don't really go into Mean Girls. I mean, there is a, a a message at the end of the show, of course. There's a message at the end of every show. But you don't go to Mean Girls to be moved in any way or to... Find some deeper meaning of something you go to see your favorite lines your favorite characters from the movie the huge iphone backdrops that they have you go to see regina get hit by the bus you know you go and you go to see mean girls for specific preconceived notions that you want to see and so that's why it is a spectacle musical it is what it is and it's not meant to be something more than it is and I think that's why it succeeds because there are some musicals that try to be more than they are whereas Mean Girls and what Tina Fey did so well from deviating the musical from the movie is that they are two separate things and they both stand alone on their own very very well and I think that's that's another reason movie musicals don't always or adaptations of movies to musicals don't always succeed and some of them flop is because they're trying to be the movie too much, and they're they're trying to take, honestly, most of the time, they're trying to take a movie that is really, really popular because it's really, really good, and turn it into a musical, and that doesn't always work. Carrie. <clears throat> sorry, I had something in my throat there. <laughs> but anyway, now that we've talked about that, let's talk about the musical. This podcast is going to be very long. I'm so sorry. Here we go. Let's get right into it. The the musical starts, and I always had questions about this because I never really understood why they chose to take it this way but the musical starts with Janice and Damien coming out and singing Cautionary Tale and they introduce themselves as the storytellers of the musical. I don't understand why I guess to like get the message across you know, like what you're about to watch is important. So you should like, we're going to tell you that it's important right now and that you should take note. And so you're not like this. So like, I get that, but it doesn't feel like they follow through. Like every once in a while we see Janice and Damien step out of their characters into the storytelling characters again, but it's not a follow through. Like we see it every once in a while, I think in act one. And then in act two, I don't feel like we see it again. And it just kind of goes away and we kind of forget that Janice and Damien are the storytellers. So I don't know. That's like the one thing that really confuses me about this musical is like, why did they feel the need to do that? And like to put that at the beginning, um, did we just have to give them another song? Like, I don't know. They both have plenty of songs in the show. Yeah, I feel like I would be just as satisfied if the show started with Katie Heron coming out and singing, I'm 16, I'm in paradise, you know, I'm, I would just, I would be just as happy if that was the beginning of the show versus we have to set up the show and, and here we are, here's the show. So that's like the one thing that whatever, it's fun, it's cute, but I wish it was a, fo- if they were going to do it, I wish it was a follow through or not do it at all. how the show opens and then of course we see katie heron running out in her african safari gear and we see that she's not loving her life there she feels like she wants something more she she wants friends that are humans and not just animals which is totally understandable i i get it i get it i understand that katie i'm with you my cats are my best friends so i i feel you on that um and they actually changed a little bit i believe uh from the original song, Roar, the tour has a different version of it, which I believe was going to be implemented into the Broadway version, but however, you know, of course, will not be now. But yeah, I think this, this, I mean, the opening is like, it is what it is. I think it tells like the story, it shows a transition. I don't think it's the best opening in all of Broadway history, but again, it's Mean Girls. Like it doesn't have to be, you know what I'm talking about? But I feel like it does get the job done. And what I really like about this music, actually, is that something that I did not like when I first listened to the album, because I was like, this is campy and silly and I don't understand it. But what I grew to really appreciate is that each one of the characters are distinguished amongst each other by the way their songs are written and orchestrated. And so anytime Katie sings, like we see Roar and we see Stupid With Love in particular, we get a jungle vibe. And then with Damien, we get a musical theater vibe, right? Because Damien is very theatrically inclined, as to as say. And then with Regina, of course, we get these powerhouse, like, skrelting to the high heavens and, like, I'm Queen Bee vibes from all of her songs. So anyway, I just really appreciate the character distinguish. And, I mean, a lot of other musicals do that as well. But I feel like in this one, it's very prominent. And it's smart, honestly, on the, the writers and the composers, I really appreciate that about this musical. So anyway, Katie gets to North Shore High. Um, She goes through her first few classes, um, doesn't feel like she fits in anywhere. And then we meet Janice and Damien in the bathroom where they introduce her to the world of high school. And I think the reason that Mean Girls is so iconic is that it really does capture everything that is high school and all of the the issues with high school and what, you know, the teens go through and everything, it, it captures it so well. And to an exaggerated point, that is like, it's too much, but it's not too much exaggerated because as a high schooler, you sit there and watch that and you're like, wow, that really does happen. Maybe not to that extent, but like, you know, it's not far off. So that's why I think that Mean Girls, as a cultural iconic uh, movie in general is so popular. And so we see that in the musical as well. It's the storyline, of course. So we're introduced to Damien and Janice and they sing, Where Do You Belong? And they go through all the different clicks. And I just think it's so funny. Um, I feel like the lyrics have changed a little bit, but they're so smart. The one thing about this musical also is that some of the lyrics are really smart. And then some of them you're sitting back and you're like, those are the lyrics. What? Like, um, in Rather Be Me, when she says, When your best friend screwed you over, acted nice when she not nice. I'm like, oh, those are the lyrics. Okay, sure. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to sit here and judge something over the way the lyrics are written because I am not a lyricist, nor am I a composer, so I have absolutely no rights to judge. I just, you know, pointing out what I hear and what I see. And I can, because guess what? I have a BFA. And I have an opinion. So we sing Where Do You Belong. She wants to be a part of the math because she's really good at math, right? And Damien and Janet are like, no, 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 no. You don't want to be a part of that group. You'll just get isolated. And yeah, you don't want to be associated with them. So they're like, sit at our table. We'll be your friends because we're loners and we don't agree with groups. And then the song ends and the iconic trio, the trifecta just emerges. And Katie's like, who's that? And Damien's like, Those are the plastics, don't even worry about it. You don't wanna be associated with them. We meet the plastics, which is what the song is called. And again, with the character dynamics, and even within that one song, I mean, we see Regina George. If we didn't, if we went into this musical and we didn't know anything about any of the characters, we would know everything we needed to know about the characters, each one of them, not even just the three plastics, like every single one of them, within the first like five bars of what they sing. We understand that Regina is the queen bee. We understand that Gretchen is the like little bit neurotic best friend who is trying so hard to please her master. We see that Karen doesn't have one singular brain cell in her entire head. Also, before I move on, I just want to comment on Kate Rockwell's performance of Karen literally unmatched. And that's just my opinion. You might have a a, a Karen that you love more. I think that all of the, the females who have played Karen are fantastic. But something about what Kate Rockwell does to play dumb, I guess, it just like feels so authentic. It doesn't feel like she's walking on and is like, I'm going to play dumb now. (laughs) It's like she just captures that character's essence so well. And so I just wanted to give Kate a shout out on this podcast. She is fantastic in this role. She's fantastic in like everything she does. But, like, in this role in specific, she was just, I mean, like, phenomenal, great. I have no bad words to say about her performance. She is nothing but fantastic. I mean, in all of, like, I mean, of course, all of the others, Taylor Lautner, Ashley Park, phenomenal, phenomenal as well. Kate just like stuck out to me in a way because I was like, when a lot of people try to play dumb, they get like really like, it's like a certain energy when people try and play dumb where like, I don't feel like Kate had that. I feel like she had just like, I'm stark. Like I don't have like a single brain cell in my head. So I just wanted to point that out. Moving on, we meet the Plastics and they ask Katie to sit with them at lunch. And she's like, oh, that's all right. And Regina's like, oh no, actually you don't have a choice. We hear the iconic line on Wednesdays, we wear pink. Another thing about this musical is that there are a lot of iconic lines from the movie, like lines that we quote in our daily lives, right? Every single day that aren't in the musical, but they're they're replaced by other lines. I don't know if I would say that the lines that are in the musical are as iconic as the movie. That might just be like a, the movie came first type of situation, but there are some, like, there are some lines that I'm sure Tina Pay was like, we can't get around that. We have to put that in here. But there are other lines where in sexy, she says, I'm a sexy mouse, as opposed to I'm a mouse, duh. And I don't know, I just like, I'm a mouse, duh, feels more right. But it's also the original. So we love that. But that's the other thing. I feel like I could just like go on for days and days about why this musical is not going to be a movie adaptation flop, like so many others have been. It stands on its own. And it, the movie stands on its own, and they are two separate, even though they have the same plot line and they have the same, you know, characters, they are two separate entities, and that's what this musical did right, I believe. So, we hear on Wednesday, we were pink, and then Katie is now a part of the plastics, and Damien and Janice are like, We hate them. And then we find out that Janice has issues with Regina, we're not sure why yet, because Damien um, is cut off from telling her, so we're left to speculations about what happened of course if you've seen the movie you know exactly what it is so we go to calculus class where we meet the one the only aaron samuels katie has this like sexual awakening she's like a boy i'm in love she sings stupid with love which is a cute little bop that again encapsulates the character very well very much represents like who she is I love singing this song because there's so many different like choices to make in it and it's it's just a super fun cute song this is another one of the songs when I was like really this is the this is the song that's happening right now but then I grew to like become obsessed with so like mm, I sing it every day in my New York apartment no big deal it's a it's a great song so we find out that Katie is really really good at calculus Kevin G asks her to be a part of the Mathletes, really wants to, but is kindly turned down when Gretchen says that you should not join the Mathletes because that's social suicide. Literally all the plastics make fun of him and then Karen bounces up and down as Karen does. Moving on, we have uh, Katie is now friends with the plastics. They're going to take her to the mall. Get in, we're going shopping is not a line, which is really sad. I That's like, One of my favorite lines is, uh, get in, we're going shopping. It's not in the musical, but that's okay. Because it is what it is. But in its place, we do get this boppin' song called Apex Predator, where Janice is warning Katie to not become too attached to the plastic crew because they're going to hurt her in the end, which is what they end up doing because they're just using Katie right now. Get this great moment of two different sides of the story. Basically, we see Janice's side where she's like, you need to be careful. You need to not get too attached. And we see Katie, who is like, I've never had this type of attention before. I've never felt like this close to a group. I feel important. Regina can protect me where all these kids were making fun of me earlier. But now I'm in Regina's crew. And now they are like, they like walk away when they see me because they're afraid of like, she just feels power." with Regina and Janice is like whoa this is like warning sign right here like be careful and I just I just first of all the song is like a complete bop and second of all I just really like the dynamic that we see between Katie and Janice's differing points of views on the song I love a point of view I know that's so actory of me but I really do I just love a point of view (laughs) Um, it's also really cool to see like the um, animal interpretation throughout the song which is uh, seen in the, the movie and um, interpreted through the song where the, the kids are the animals, which is, goes back to the beginning of the show where the kids are actually playing the animals in, in Kenya. And, uh, and then they're like metaphorically animals in Apex Predator. I see what you did there, mean girls. I see what you did. After the mall, we go back to Regina's house where we meet the iconic Regina George's mother, um, played by Carrie Butler in the OG cast. I mean, she's just like, whatever. Like, Regina's mom is like a light in this whole movie, musical, originated by Amy Poehler, so of course, like, iconic. I think that, again, like, she's different in the movie versus the musical, but, like, stands alone as being really iconic in the musical as well. So just another thing that they've done really, really well to to make this musical stand on its own. We are introduced to the burn book, which is an iconic moment. Katie puts Damien in there as to get a function. She doesn't mean to, but she does. And then Gretchen feels left out as she does because all she wants is to be seen by Regina. She just wants to be seen. She wants to be noticed and she wants um to be acknowledged for her hard work. That's all she wants. And when Regina doesn't give her what she wants, we see her break down. And what I really love about what the musical does with Gretchen is we really see the inside of Gretchen's feelings and emotions. We don't necessarily see that in the music in the, in the movie cuz she you know she just kind of always needs to be on top of things and everything, but with what's wrong with me, a song that is like generally maybe like a little bit of a skip song, it actually tells a big story in a big way about Gretchen. And I feel like Gretchen is really relatable to a lot a lot of kids in high school and I'll be honest Gretchen is a little bit relatable to me it's I mean it's it's the it's the the girl in high school who just wants to be a part of the in crowd and is like almost willing to like do too much just to be noticed by the popular girl there are so many so many girls I feel like more girls than there are popular girls who who feel this way and what's wrong with me is it might not be like the standout song of the show, but it really, I feel like it's the most relatable. It's the song that's what what can I do to to, to please you? What can I Really, you're tearing me down inside and you are causing me all this pain and trauma and it, and I know that it's you that's doing it. So why am I still trying to please you? Why am I still doing all of these things for you to get in your good graces? It's almost like an unexplainable. Quality, yet so many people go through that. So shout out to Gretchen for being a really, really relatable character um, in all. And honestly, it's it's really sad what we see Gretchen go through in this musical. That's what's wrong with me. So the next day, we see Aaron and Regina. They are discussing their relationship, and he swears off dating. In which Katie responds, "Well, crap, because I wanted to date you." And then we um, we see her side that in order to be with Aaron, she needs tutoring air quotes so that she can be closer to him and that will be what makes him fall in love with her god I hate that premise I hate it so much and and the thing about it is that they make it seem where it's not the guy's decision it's the girl's decision to act dumb to get in a guy's good graces and that's like as as a woman and as someone who has been through like feeling like she has to do that and realizing that that is not what should happen for us females I just uh it's just so sad that that is it's something that happens all the time girls play dumb to get a guy's attention and it's just it's really sad getting real deep in this podcast about being girls the musical <laughs> So she decides to be bad at math and to start doing really horribly on her quizzes so that she can you know, work with Aaron and be closer to him. After that, we move on to one of the most iconic songs. Miss Karen Smith comes on and sings Sexy. And I am obsessed with the beginning of the song where she comes out and she's like, if I could change the world, I'd make it Halloween. And then she's like, oh, wait, no. World peace is more important hold on, let me start over. And then she literally, guys, I don't, if you've never seen it, let me just like paint you a visual. So she comes out, she walks on the stage and there's a spotlight and she sings the first half of the song. And then she says, wait, let me start over. The spotlight turns off, she walks off stage and then walks back on and the spotlight hits her again as if what she had done never even happened. It is so funny. And again, just a moment where Kate Rockwell kills it it like made me laugh so much you hear it on the the recording of course if you listen to the soundtrack but something about seeing it live in person just made me giggle so much and then I mean the song is it's a cute song really like it was it was a good placement for Karen to have a song it's not necessarily like needed in the show but it's like a good transition song where they're like and now we're at a halloween party and everyone's sexy and i'm karen which means i'm a sexy mouse and then of course we see katie come in with her idea of what halloween is supposed to be which is scary and her frankenstein whatever she comes in as bride of frankenstein um attire and everyone's looking at her and and then of course we have the conflict with aaron regina and katie and here we go, Miss Regina George, her starring moment, her first solo of the show, Someone Gets Hurt. Now, let me tell you, when I was listening to the soundtrack being skeptical and then Someone Comes Hurt comes on, let me tell you, I was like, it doesn't even matter. This song is the end all be all. This song is everything. This makes the entire musical. I was a, honestly a bigger fan of this song at first than I was of World Burn because I just, I don't know, like every, everything about this. This song, just like, it's so powerful for the character. And both songs she sings are like that. And it just like, oh, I just love the characters. I love characterization through song. I just love it so much. But she sings Someone Gets Hurt and scrouts to the, and riffs to the high heavens. And it's just like being everything that, you know, Regina is. And she gets back with Aaron and then Katie breaks because she's like, you love the guy that I love and now I have to ruin your life like you ruin mine. And Janice is like, yeah, girl, I'm all here for that because she's a horrible person. So I'm right here with you. So they sing Revenge Party and it, it's basically it's a it's kind of a story song. So like think Legally Blonde, Chip on My Shoulder, the way that that is a progressive storyline song. That's kind of how Revenge Party is. It flows really well. I actually wears Chip on My Shoulder. That's what I'm comparing it to, kind of. It, it doesn't feel like it flows consistently. Revenge party really does. We just see like all in all the ways that is getting back at Regina. It's the part in the movie where they have the chalkboard and they have the, we have to do this, this, and this. They do it all in one song. And by the end of the song, Regina is no longer queen bee, Katie is. Gretchen and Karen are telling Regina off. So it all happens within like a four to five minute song period, which is actually really smart of them to do that. We hear the iconic lines. For, for you, Glenn Coco, you go, Glenn Coco. We, we hear that iconic line. There are other iconic lines within it that aren't necessarily like in the movie. But then, of course, at the end of it, we hear another one. You can't sit with us because, girl, you were in sweatpants and you already wore sweatpants that week. So what are you doing, Regina? And we see Katie kind of take over Regina's role, which from... The outsider's perspective, that's a good thing because the school is no longer under Regina George's power and Katie is not someone who is um, terrorizing the students but more wants everyone to feel like they have a voice and whatever. As we see later in the musical, she gets a little power-hungry, right? A little too comfortable in the Queen Bee role. And Janice and Damien are seeing it already. They're already like, girl, you need to calm down. You need to... um, Remember like who you are and like the reasons you did this and not get power hungry. But then we end act one with Fearless. And honestly, Fearless, I always like for some reason thought that it was the uh finale song. Just because it feels honestly it feels a little bit more like the finale song than I see stars does. Regardless, it's a good act one finale. It does feel like the end of a story though, so like I will say that um it's just a little confusing, but it's okay. Well I guess the act one finale is actually someone gets hurt reprise sung by Regina, but regardless. So we come back in act two, and Katie has a little bit of a queen bee status, and she's, it's going to her head a little bit. And Damien and Janice see that, and they're like, girl, you need to calm down. And she is constantly texting Aaron, constantly on her phone. And Janice is like, girl, come to my art show. And she's like, I don't think I can come. Like, my parents, I'm with my parents tonight, whatever. Damien is like, whoa, stop remember who you are, remember who your friends are, and he sings the song, Stop. And of course, being Damien, he has to have this big musical, theatrically inclined number with a tap break and everything. So this is where we get our tap in Mean Girl, the musical. I would compare Stop very much to Turn It Off in Book of Mormon. I actually think it's kind of a spoof off of that. So we move on and we see Regina in her sweatpants and, you know, she's gained weight because she's eating all, the, all of these calteen bars. So she's on the treadmill 24-7. And we see Regina's mom just trying to come in and, like, be a good mom. And, again, like, she sings What's Wrong With Me reprise along with Gretchen because Gretchen is now having the same issues that she had with Regina with Katie because she didn't really, Katie didn't really, like, change. Like, she became Regina. She didn't become this, like, new leader. She became power-hungry and she became... Um, the cliche of what happens when you take over, you know, the leader's authority. So now we get to see the inside of Gretchen and Regina's mom, and I just think it's so funny. Regina's mom is just honestly an iconic character, and I'm really glad that they gave her even the tiniest bit of singing in this show. So, you know, it's just, like, a, a, really, good, a really good song for her. And we get to see, again, like, inner emotions that we never really got to see in the first place. I totally forgot to talk about this, but... They do have the holiday talent show in Act 1. That's kind of the downfall of Regina George. But I totally forgot about that. But they do incorporate the, the Santa Claus is coming to town number back to Act 2. So now we are at Katie's house where she's throwing a party and all of these kids are coming. They sing a song called Whose House Is This? And it's a really fun song. It's I would say that that is a spoof off of Heather's um, Big Fun. If you've never heard it or, if, you know, you're intrigued, inclined to listen to it. That's what I like to compare it to and Katie is you know drunk and in love with Aaron and her new status and she's having a conversation with Aaron and he's like I actually liked you a lot better for who you were before you took down Regina this is a lesson to all that is probably true for most people people like you for you they don't like the mask that you put on they don't like who you are attempting to be Or I'll say this, if the person is right for you, they will like you for you. And they will not like you because of some outside thing that you are trying to portray. So that's just another great message from Mean Girls the Musical. Yay. (laughs) Um, She sings more is always better because Katie has this understanding because she came from nothing. where she literally had nothing and now she has everything. And she's like, my life is better because I have everything. But wait, maybe it's not better because I... I don't have the like simple pleasures and the simple joys that I had when I didn't really have all of this. And I think that's kind of a realization period for Katie that maybe this queen bee life isn't all it's cracked up to be. And maybe I made a mistake and I should have been happy with what I was dealt instead of what I tried to create for myself. And so then Damien and Janice come out and they confront Katie, of course. And we have the whole I painted this picture for the art show and this picture of us and you're a bad friend because you didn't come and you threw a party instead and you didn't even invite us. And Damon's like, I want my pink shirt back, by the way, iconic line. Um, And then flashes straight to Regina George's revenge because she, her mom came in and was like, Katie's having a party and she didn't invite you. So she's like, I got to get to work. And also all of a sudden, Regina is skinny again. She got skinny from walking on the treadmill for two minutes. But she's in this like, powerful like whole black attire and she she comes in and sings my name is Regina George just like starts the beginning of world burn and gosh gosh Regina is so freaking powerful in this moment honestly I love Regina I mean Regina it's just like She's powerful and I just love the character. I don't love what she does. I don't love that she's mean and that she's like a horrible person, but I just, I love the presence that the character exerts. She gets things done. You know what I'm saying? She gets things done. So she sings World Burn. And my God, this song is just like, I mean, it's the 11 o'clock number. So like, what are you going to do? Of course, it has to be amazing. It has to be powerful. But gosh, I mean, when she sings at the end of it, she sings people. And it's just like, the song is all about her exploiting burn book and blaming Katie for it. She, of course, has to write something in about herself. And I think it's so funny when she's like, Regina is a fugly cow. Because it's like, You're singing Regina's a Fugly Cow in like a very straightforward, like, I'm better than you voice. I don't know. It's just, it makes me laugh. I'm obsessed with that song as well. I'm obsessed with all of Regina's songs. I love like a power house song. I really do. And I know I've said like in previous podcasts that like, I really appreciate when songs are powerful because they're driven by emotion, but I also like, can appreciate a song that's driven by a high note as well. But, and it's not to say that World Burn is 100% driven by emotion, too. It's a different kind of emotion, right? And I can appreciate that she's skrelting an E at the end because, you know, it feels right for her character. There are some moments when I'm like this, she's just screaming a high note at me and it doesn't even feel authentic. But like in this case, I will say that for where Regina is at in life in that moment of that song, the high note feels authentic. So I will give it to her. And then, of course, we have the iconic, the female rally in the gymnasium. Janice sings, I'd rather be me, which is right. It's kind of like the central message of the show is that females should be helping females instead of trying to tear each other down to get to the top. And um, Janice is like straight up like, listen, boys get to fight it out. So like, can we just fight it out and move on? Can we stop being expected to just brush things off our shoulders and smile and put a pretty face on and just like get over it like no we why, why can't we just like have it out and then we move on and we're like cool again in two seconds now that doesn't always work but I think that the more so the message behind is like can we stop as females stabbing each other in the back can we just like air out our grievances apologize and move on right because there's not a world in which females trying to get ahead of other females by backstabbing them is a world where women are successful we have to have each other's backs, right? We have to come together and support each other because if one woman is being successful, that is progression for women in general, right? And I know that this is a small scale and that it's just high school, but it's like, that's how it should be out in the real world. I'm gonna go off topic for just one singular second. I'm gonna talk about Zoe's extraordinary playlist. I'm so sorry um, <laughs> for the diversion. I was watching an interview with Lauren Graham, of course, you guys know. And she was talking about that how her character was the boss character and how they were trying to make her come across as this kind of like mean mean-spirited character who is powerful and gets ahead. But she took the character and instead of like instilling fear within her co-workers and the people who she was in charge of. She wanted to create the character as someone who was like, I'm going to support this other female pro because there's only two female programmers. I know this is a big diversion. I'm really getting to a point. But she was like, I want to create this character who is in support of my fellow female co-worker because that's the way that women should work together. Not I'm better than you. You're not going to get ahead of me. Small diversion, but that's I think that's the central message of Mean Girls is that females should empower other females to be you know successful instead of like being catty and stabbing each other in the back the burn books happens we have the gymnasium scene we have i'd rather be me katie goes through this realization which and also she's failing calculus so miss norberry is like girl i know you're better than this and she has this realization and she's like you know what i'm gonna join them athletes because that's who i actually am and that's who i actually want to be and that's the group i want to be a part of And I'm going to stop putting on this mask and pretending that I'm something I'm not. And so she joins some athletes. They sing Do This Thing, which is a really, really good song and kind of underrated, I feel like. But it's really, really good. And then they have the, the math league competition, of course. And we hear the iconic line, again, the limit does not exist. And then we go to the prom where... Of course, Katie is banned because she, in quotes, wrote the burn book. Everyone thinks that she did. The end of the story is like it is what it is. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot to talk about when Regina gets hit by the bus. Okay, so backtracking just a little bit, I I started talking about Zoe's extraordinary playlist, and I just got all mixed up. But after the gymnasium scene where they do the trust fall and everything, and Janice sings katie confronts regina and regina gets hit by a bus so it's really kind of cool the way she, they do it because it actually kind of looks like she gets hit by a bus on stage i don't know how they do it i guess they like comment in front of her and then i don't know there i'm sure there's like a million bootlegs online so like go check it out now we're at the spring fling katie's band they get her in anyway she apologizes to everyone she apologizes to damien she wins spring fling queen and then regina is even has this like resolution as a character where she's like, can you stop being something you're not, Katie? Like, just be you and, like, whatever. And, like, Regina has a little bit of, like, a redemption story, just a tiny bit of one, but, like, she got hit by a bus. Like, we got to give it to her, right? We end the show with "I See Stars, which is basically she sees her simple pleasures and all of these people and all of these, these friends, and that's all she needs. She doesn't need anything more. She just needs to be herself, and she needs everyone else to be themselves and to enjoy the simple pleasures in life and... The end, that is Mean Girls the musical. I feel like that was just like a lot, guys. But I had a lot to say. I did have a lot to say before we even got into the musicals. That's Mean Girls the musical. I I think that it's great. I mean, I really, really do. Is it the best musical in the entire world? No, but is it good for what it is? Absolutely. And it totally, totally stood on its own away from the movie. That's, and that's that's the one thing that I will give it credit on a million times over. You don't compare the musical to the movie. I feel like you do that a lot with movie adaptations. You compare what the musical is to the movie, and that's how sometimes they don't do as well. But with this, it feels it feels like a, a separate thing. Did it bring in The Tourist? Of course, because it's Mean Girls, and Mean Girls is an iconic cult classic, and it's going to bring in The Tourist, and it's going to be a spectacle when you come and see it, right? It honestly, it, it stood up. It did well for what it is, and I'm super, super sad to see it go It is a musical that I'm definitely, definitely is a dream cast, me, myself, to be in. I would love to be in the musical. It it feels very right for, like, the age that I'm at right now, and I'm really sad that it's going off Broadway, but, like, hey, we love a national tour, right, ladies? So let's go ahead and get into my favorite character, my least favorite character, my Tony Award-winning moment, my rating, and, of course, my dream cast, which is going to be a little bit different from my previous dream cast, but, like, I'll get to that when I get to that. Okay, so for time's sake, because I know this podcast is already really long, let's talk about my favorite character is Regina George. Hands down. I already told you guys why. My least favorite character is Aaron, just because I don't feel like he does a lot for the show. You know, he's in and out and in and out. He's not in it a lot. I don't love the way that Katie tries to be around him. He does have like, he's a good character. He's my least favorite character. (laughs) Tony award-winning moment. Guys, if you have seen it, you know what I'm exactly what I'm talking about. If you have not seen it, go Google Apex Predator. It's all over. I mean, they, that's what they performed. I'm pretty sure, like when they went on uh, morning shows, talk shows, whatever. This is the number they performed. When Regina George is walking up the steps of the escalator during Apex Predator and like tossing her hair as she walks up each step, that is just like I watch that, and every time I watch it, it just gives me like power moment vibes like that that is my Tony award-winning moment because it is so great and it's so well choreographed she's literally walking up the steps and just like tossing her hair and like slow motion and it's fantastic so that's my Tony award-winning moment my rating I am giving this musical a solid seven out of ten candy canes for Glenn Coco it is a great musical it has its flaws as every musical does and I um, have decided to give it a seven out of ten which is a great rating so don't come for me So my dream cast, this is a little bit different from what I've done in the past. So when I do my dream cast in the past, I usually do them based off of people who I could see at this moment playing these characters. But instead of doing that, I have, because like all of these characters are really young, right? And we're seeing all of the people who are of this age, like really kind of playing these roles right now. So I wanted to do a dream cast that was consisted of who I consider to be Broadway legends and who probably most of the world considered to be Broadway legends I I cast them as the roles that I think that they would have portrayed had they been had this musical come out of the time of when they were prime age to pl- be playing these roles so we're starting with Katie and okay so I actually I have two options for each cast because I started looking through like iconic Broadway performers and I was like I can't not put these people in it. They have to be in the show. So that's how we're going to go. So I have two options for each character. So we're starting with Katie. Of course, you guys already know Sutton Foster is my choice for Katie Heron because she is the, like, iconic girl next door actress. Quirky, but also, like, really nice and lovable and... I I just think that she would be great. Like the act two Katie, I've got Reno Sweeney vibes, you know, like she would kill it. And my second option is Lindsay Mendez, who I also think for very similar reasons would be a great Katie in Mean Girls. Moving on to Regina. This is a little bit of a hot take, but I feel like Laura Benanti in her prime would have been a great Regina. I know that like vocal quality, like she's usually a legit soprano, but like, I don't, I don't care, like I, this this has nothing to do with, like I said, the ones in the past, my Dreamcast have been more um, I wanna pick characters who I think that like can actually play these roles. But for this, I just had the time of my life. Laura Benanti gives me Regina George vibes. I don't know why, I think she'd be fantastic. And my second choice, and don't even try and come for me on this because you didn't think that I was not going to give the queen bee of Broadway, Miss Audra McDonald, the opportunity to play Regina George because she would kill it i don't think she's ever played a role like that before but like let me tell you if i handed it to her and i said you're gonna be regina george she would take that and she would just slay the entire show so like that's my second option for gretchen i have a couple of hot takes i have andrea martin or i have alice ripley and i just think that they exude gretchen energy i don't know why that's just what came to my mind for Karen. I have, of course, you guys already know. I have two Glendas. Like, come on. I have Kristen Chenoweth, the OG blonde, you know, quirky character. And then I have Kara Lindsay, who, when I tell you, I've, I mean, I've seen Wicked like four, five, uh, a lot. I've seen Wicked a lot. And Carol Lindsay, by far my absolute favorite Glenda, she nailed that role. And I think she would be a great Karen. Moving on to Janice. Here we go. Miss Patty Lapone would be fantastic as Janice in her prime, I feel like. <laughs> and that's all I have to say on that. And then also my second option would be Idina Menzel. I don't know. I just have like Elphaba, like Janice very similar characters obviously okay so for damien i have the iconic brooks ashmanskis because obviously the more uh, obscure option that you wouldn't really think of in the first thought of damien but billy porter because he would also kill That role. So that's Damien. For Aaron, I have Santino Fontana or Matthew Morrison because they both like give me Aaron Samuel vibes. Like, come on. And for Miss Norberry and Katie's mom and Regina's mom, I have Miss Stephanie J. Block and or Bernadette Peters. So that's my dream cast based off of the Broadway legends in my mind. That wraps up the musical. I just want to give another shout out to Mean Girls the musical. You did an amazing job you had an amazing run on broadway shout out to all of the people who were on broadway at the time of the closing and it's honestly like devastating to think about shows closing because of this pandemic and people who had jobs no longer have jobs to go back to so i just want to send you guys my love and i i hope that uh, you find work and success uh, really really soon when theater opens back up and you guys will like you are all fantastic. You're you're going to be fine. But yeah, my heart goes out to you guys during this time. And all right, guys, so let's move on to the game portion of this podcast. Um, I'm going to keep this a little bit short and sweet. So I've decided to play a game that it's kind of a version of Taboo. I don't really know what to call it. I'll call it Broadway Boo. (laughs) That sounds kind of bad. So this is a game where I'm basically, I have a bunch of musicals in a little jar. And honestly, I'll be completely honest with you. It's the exact same musicals that I did when I was like picking my favorite musicals and podcasts of the, of the past. So if you want to hear more about that, you can go listen to my older podcasts, they're the same musicals, So you're going to hear like the same names, but the trick is to, I have to in 15 seconds. Oh my God. That is scary. Give you a very blatant plot of the musical that I draw. I just have to do it as quickly as possible. And then within the 15 seconds as well, I have to tell you a song that you absolutely have to listen to. I have not tested this at all. So I don't know if this is even going to be doable. I might have to change it to 30 seconds, but I'm only going to do like five because I feel like this is already a very long podcast and get on with it, Kelsey. We know we we just want to hear the advice. That's what we're here for. All right. So the first one that I drew is, oh, interesting. It's dogfight. So here we go. Fifteen seconds. This is really stressful. Oh my god! I'm I'm guys. I'm so bad at summarizing musicals in the first place. But all right, here we go. So these three guys are going to uh, are in the military and they're off to the Vietnam War. And um, they want to have a last hurrah. So they throw this dogfight, which is really really horrible. Where they invite ugly girls to dance with them, and then one falls in love with them, and then finds out, and it's a horrible thing, and then they fall in love, and that. Ah, that's the end of the 15 seconds. Oh my gosh, that was horrible. Okay, so I'll tell you guys the song that I think that you absolutely have to listen to after the fact, but the song that I would recommend most in this is, honestly, I really love Nothing Short of Wonderful. It's a really great song, so go give it a listen. This is gonna be really stressful for both me and you, so maybe I should like lengthen this to 30 seconds. That's what I'm gonna do. It's gonna be 30 seconds from now on because that was really, really stressful for me, and I don't feel like I explained the plot of that at all, but you know what, you get, you get what you get. Okay, so, the- The next musical is, aha, it's Waitress. All right, so 30 seconds on the clock. This is really stressful, guys. I don't know why I continue to do this to myself, but there's only so many games you can play when you are sitting alone in front of a microphone. So there we go. (laughs) Okay, so here we go. One, two... Three. all right so this waitress gets pregnant and she's with an abusive husband um and they she goes along she falls in love with her gynecologist and um she tries to get money to have a a new life but then he finds the money and um he abuses her and she sings this really pretty song called she used to be mine and then she um has the baby and realizes that she can't be in love with the gynecologist anymore because he has a wife and she needs to live her own life and then she opens her own pie shop haha That was 25 seconds, thank you very much. A song that I think you have to listen to from that is What Baking Can Do. It's my favorite song in the show, it's a great song. There you go. All right, I'm I'm gonna do two more because this is stressing me out. Okay, next one is, aha, Carousel is the next one. So here we go, 30 seconds on the clock. Okay, so the, it starts off with these two girls, and they are um, looking for love, and this one girl falls in love with this guy who works at the carousel, and uh, they get married, and eventually um, he starts abusing her, which is really, really bad, and then he goes off because he's uh, gambling, I guess. I don't really know. I don't remember what he's doing exactly, but um, he g- gets shot and dies, and um, her best friend has babies with this man named Mr. Snow, and um, she he's in heaven, and, and the guy's like, you sh- you need to make things right, and he goes back and f- sees his daughter after she does his ballet, and then the, uh, she says, it doesn't hurt, voila. <sighs> oh no, that was 30 seconds. She says, it doesn't hurt, voila. Oh my gosh, i was so bad. A song that you should definitely listen to in that sh- show is June is Busting That All Over. It's a really fun, upbeat song. It has nothing to do with anybody abusing anybody, so that's great. These are really stressful, guys. Okay, I'm, just do- I'm gonna do one more. Of course, it is Wicked. So, did I plan that? Maybe. I don't know. Alright, so, okay, 30 seconds. Okay, so we all know the Wizard of Oz. We'll take Alphabet the Green Witch's story and just revamp your whole mind on it because she's actually a good person and she goes through life and she's, um, she meets Glinda, of course, who is a really, oh gosh, I can't say that. Who's a really mean, snobby person and, um, and they hate each other but then they become best friends and, uh, she's advocating for animal rights where everyone else is trying to, to not do that and, um, uh, she, everyone thinks of her as the villain because she is actually the good person and um, she sings to find gravity and then she decides to be evil because they take away her boyfriend, but then but she's not really and she runs away and happily ever after. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, that was 33 seconds. Guys, this is so stressful for me and I know that it's stressful for you listening to this. I, I can feel everyone's hearts like racing as I'm trying to get through this because I can in turn feel my own. but that's the game for the week. Oh, a song that you have to listen to from Wicked is no Good Deed. Um, it's my favorite song. it's the eleven o'clock number and it's a great all around number. This podcast has just been a complete ramble. I'm so, (laughs) no, I'm not going to apologize. Don't know. Sometimes that's just how it it goes. I'm just so excited to be back guys. It's been two weeks. What can I say? I have so much to say and so little time to say it. I'm sure that this is already like two hours long. Oh no. Okay. So we're going to end the podcast of course, with my favorite segment, the advice column. So the advice for this week is kind of a in two parts and I'll say this that it's it's mainly for like musical theater performers or people who want to go into the craft but there's also a section for like real life people too right real life people the, the muggles of the world whatever um, those people who aren't interested in doing musical theater for the rest of their lives and having the most unstable job in all of careers my advice to aspiring musical theater performers or even people who are in college for it right now or even right out of college if this is something you really really want to do never stop training and what i mean by that is if you are young and you are in dance classes right now because you want to be a musical theater performer and you love dancing or you are in voice lessons or whatever you are Make time for that and never, never, never stop doing it. I promise you, if I have one regret from my past life, it's that I did not necessarily do all that I could have to prepare myself to go into this business when I was younger. I took dance for a really long time. I was actually on a competitive dance team and I stopped dancing because at the time I wanted to play volleyball more than I wanted to dance not necessarily that I wanted to do it more, but that dancing was going to get in the way of playing volleyball. And when I tell you that is like the biggest regret of my entire life, actually, well, I don't regret because like volleyball was fun at the time, but like now looking back on it, I should have stayed in dance because volleyball was not going to be what, what helped me in the long run. It was staying in dance and learning how to be a dancer because, and then like another thing is that I wish I had gotten into voice lessons sooner as a child. I wish that I had done this and this and this. And of course I came from a really small town with not very many resources. So it wasn't like things were just like hanging in front of me and it was, I was just like choosing not to do it. It was just more that I wasn't taking the opportunities that were available to me. And that made me feel like I was playing catch up a lot in college. So as a young person, if any young people are listening to this, Do whatever you can. If this is something you really, really want to do, it takes a lot of hard work and dedication and do whatever you can when you're young so that you are more prepared as you get fully into it when you're older. And also, if you are like me and are either in college or right out of college, train as much as you can. If that means like spending an extra 30 minutes in a practice room that day, or if you're right out of college, like continue to get voice lessons, continue to take dance classes, continue to seek acting advice, wherever you can, you know, like continue to train because the work is never done. You never want to feel like you have to play catch up in this career because the minute you feel like you have to play catch up, there's already a hundred people who are ahead of you. One day it's going to happen for you. If you continue to do all of those things, because it's been proven, you just have to, if you're patient enough, something good will come your way out of doing all this hard work. It might not be exactly what you dreamed of. It might not be exactly what you had planned, but something is going to come for you if you continue to work hard and you continue to stay dedicated to your craft and you continue to do every little tiny thing that is going to put you even a centimeter ahead in this business. That's my advice for the week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know this podcast was kind of a hectic one. Shout out to and Girls the Musical. You had a great run. We're fantastic and Thank you for gracing the August Wilson stage for about three years. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you wanna find me personally, you can find me on Instagram at underscore Kelsey McFall underscore, or you can find me on TikTok at KelseyMC137. I would love to see you guys on my feeds. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next week. Goodbye.